Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Every Mom Needs a Friend. Hope you're having a great day and a good start to your week. I have had the exciting privilege of getting to be in Florida recording this episode. Christopher, me, and the girls packed up all of the things, literally three bags plus a golf bag, and flew to Florida on Saturday after five hours of delays and a six hour flight. It was pretty difficult, but it's so sweet to be here. I'm so happy to be in warmth and to be with family. It just makes my heart feel so full. So because of the delays, I feel like the weekend just kind of got away from me. So here I am finishing up this episode today and I will be posting it pretty quickly. So thank you so much for bearing with me through that. Today's episode is something that was requested in the sense that I got good feedback about storytelling and telling y'all funny things that happened in my life. Now this was not very funny. It really hurt my feelings, but today's episode is about an unfortunate interaction that I had when I joined this tennis class at my club. I'll talk about it and kind of dive into that in the episode. But one thing I was thinking about as I was just recording it is that one of the biggest issues I see with connecting to people is that if I don't know people's names, how am I going to feel like I can ever move past like any shallow conversation? And a stumbling block that I see is that when I am trying to have a relationship with someone that English isn't their first language, there's already going to be a language barrier. There's already going to be a cultural difference. And so there's so much to come from that. There's so much good but I'm just being honest and truthful that that's something that I am growing in because I have lived in very cookie cutter scenarios in my life and this is something that I am growing with at 30, 31 years old. But don't y'all agree with that, that people's names are so important. And I, it's funny, I mean, I have an easy name, Anna, A-N-N-A, two letters. <laughs> But I know that many times in my life when I have said someone's name wrong, spelled someone's name wrong, I feel conviction that is so ridiculously heavy. And I just think that that's for a good reason. People's names are important. They make them feel seen. It makes me feel seen. But I'll go ahead and hop into today's episode. I think the big question here is, do y'all play tennis? Do you play any sports? Do you do running, yoga, anything? I'm very interested just because at it feels like a later time in my life, I'm picking up a whole new sport and it feels like completely out of my comfort zone in a really cool way. So just interested if y'all do anything like that, but let's jump in. Okay, so for the purposes of today's episode, I'm just gonna jump straight into it because I have a story to tell you. So y'all know, I believe I've talked about this before, but I have recently, as recent as last year, been really diving into tennis. It is not my first time ever doing tennis. In fact, my in-laws are very into tennis. And so over the course of my last nine years, 10 whatever many years of being a part of this family, I have enjoyed getting the opportunity to play tennis on vacations, and but this last year was the first year that I thought I want my own tennis racket. I'd love to have the right shoes, the full outfits. I have to say it didn't feel too bad getting all the fun tennis outfits. That's pretty fun. Tennis is the cutest sport from like a fashion sense, but I definitely wanted to not just try it, but really try it, like really make it something that I put a lot of effort in, in the sense that, by the way, great workout, so much fun and definitely a lifetime sport. But then also I've been excited about thinking about playing with Christopher, playing with the girls, and it's just a challenge. It's something fun that I can call my own and something that I can know the moment I picked it up. Now, growing up, I played soccer, so I've always loved the act of 
sports and working hard at something, but I wanted to put some effort into it. And if you are a tennis player out there, kudos to you because it is a difficult sport to pick up. And I have to say, I definitely have the hustle. I'll run for every ball. Doesn't mean I'll actually do something good once I get there, but I do love it and I've been excited about it. And also I started it while I was in New Hampshire. So over the last year, I've been able to work with a pro in New Hampshire, work with a pro in Louisville when I was there for about seven weeks last year. And then I thought this is great because as I walk into a tennis club in Washington, in Seattle, it is gonna be a way for me to connect with people here. I don't feel nervous walking into a group lesson because I definitely know the fundamentals of tennis. I'm not good at them, but I know kind of the idea of, you know, serving, volleying, forehand, backhand, that type of thing. But I was pumped when the tennis club I just joined started an adult beginner tennis class. So basically everyone is about a 2-5, if that means anything to you. But I have to say, even within the 2-5 range, there's still a wild amount of different types of tennis players. So there's people that walk into the class and they have to borrow a racket and they literally started two weeks ago and they've never played tennis before in their entire life and they're learning like everything about tennis. But then there's people like there's a lady in the class who you can tell has casually played or played throughout her life and maybe she's just getting back into it. I think she actually played in high school so she has more of that muscle memory of being able to play where I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm definitely athletic, but I'm definitely not good with eye-hand coordination, so that's where I struggle. And then I'm okay with forehand, okay with backhand, but absolutely atrocious with serving and volleying. But let me just say, so of course, like I said, there are people that walk into the class that have never played and are very new to it. But then there is this one lady, and I'm setting this up to say that she is the worst in the class, And it feels like by a mile, like she has been in the class as many weeks as I have. And it feels like I haven't seen her ever make like good, solid contact with the ball. Lots of missing, like tons of missing. I would say every 10th ball, she makes contact with it, but doesn't make it over the net. And I'm not saying this, try to be mean to her or mean about her, but it's just clear when there's one lady in the class who has the fundamentals and then there's one lady in the class who never ever makes contact with the ball but i will preface by saying that's why we're all there it's an adult beginner tennis class so i'm definitely thankful she's there the good ladies there everybody's there it's we are together working towards this common goal which is why i love tennis why i love sports and i don't know if this is from my soccer career if this is a soccer thing i don't think it is i think in every sport you cheer on your teammates and the people that are working together for a common goal so i mean it's not any different that in this class when people do really well i'm gonna congratulate them i'm gonna say great hit i'm gonna say good job and then when there's people that are giving themselves a hard time because they're not doing well i'm gonna say great hustle you got this you're doing awesome because everybody needs it. And by the way, don't we love people how we want to be loved? And so I am saying all those things also hoping that people cheer me on because it's how I get driven. And also why I would never be involved in a sport that is very individual. Like swimming would be tough for me because it feels so isolating and so alone, where I love to work together with someone. I think actually when I hopefully actually play in a match, I'm going to love doubles because I love working together with someone. So with that in mind, today's story. So I walk into class and it's me be like the fourth class. And like I said, there is a lady who is not doing well. 
And most of the class is set up that there's really no time that everyone's really focused on you as an individual. We're doing things in a group or we're doing things kind of individually, but everyone's focusing on themselves. So luckily, there's not a time when I feel like I'm in front of the whole class just like messing up over and over. But this particular day, we were doing like a set of five forehand, five backhand, and everybody watched. And when this lady got up to the front and it was her time to go, I did have a little sense of like, oh man, I hope she does well. And y'all, she hit all five forehands over the net. It was not beautiful, but they were over the net. And I was stoked for her. I thought, man, that must feel good because in front of everyone she performed when in reality, I know that it is a huge deal for her to even make contact with the ball. So as she's walking back, I'm like, great job, you did awesome. And y'all, she looks me straight in the eyes and goes, why are you talking to me? I was shocked. I almost felt speechless, but I just go, no, 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 you did awesome. You did so good. And she said, I don't need you to cheer me on. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like literally not understanding that she's not receiving my congratulations. And so I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to say you did awesome. And she goes, just don't talk to me anymore, okay? And I was... I mean, y'all, if I ever think I'm great, if I ever think I'm a bad A, if I ever think I can handle anything, then in those moments, I quickly realize I am a weeping willow because I immediately welled up with tears. I start playing with my fingers. And luckily, I only had to have like two more minutes in the class because how the class time is set up, I always have to leave 10 minutes early to pick up Kate from childcare so then I can go to pick up Ellie from preschool. But I sucked in those tears as good as I could. And as y'all know, you like swallow the lump in your throat. Like that's a real thing that you have to like physically move past if you don't want to cry in front of people. And I (laughs) walk straight out of that class. I go get Kate. I get in the car, sob the whole way to pick up Ellie, wipe my tears, pick up Ellie, get in the car, sob again on the way home, get home, cry, call my mom and cry some more. It was earth shattering to me. And I mean, she doesn't know. She doesn't know that I am fragile, that I don't love this city, that I'm in a difficult place because all I want to do is connect with people. So her saying that is actually the worst thing that someone could do to me at that moment because all I wanted was to make friends in this class. And now I'm struggling. Do I even want to go back to the class? But my mom was quick to say, of course, as she always is, of just remembering that everybody is their own people, that you walked in that class with things, she walked into that class with things, and there's no better time to give someone grace than in this moment. And I didn't want to. I don't like her. I don't like her at all. I don't want to say I hate her, but I don't like her. If I never had to talk to her again, just per her request, that wouldn't exactly bother me. But it just made me feel like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, what am I supposed to do with the emotion of hate and love and fear and sadness? Because I'm feeling all these things. And as silly as it sounds, I had these deep, deep thoughts coming out of this tennis class about what I'm going through and what emotions I'm currently dealing with. So it made me think, what do I hate? Like, what am I struggling to love? Now, I will say on like an easy, happy surface level is I hate yogurt tubes. I hate, hate, hate little kid yogurt tubes. Now, we have them. Ellie eats them. But how gross is it that they like suck the yogurt out of the tube? It's usually like in there, kind of caked to the side. I mean, the fact that they're just like swallowing it, the thickness of the yogurt in like a 
big straw tube form. Ooh, it is just so nasty. In the same way, texture obviously is a huge deal to me because I hate when people put individual crystal light in a water bottle and then shake it up and it's like bubbly and you can still see the little particles of the crystal light like floating around the bottle. That is disgusting and I hate it. <laughs> but on like a deeper level, I also hate like being away from my people. I hate being separated from my people. I hate missing out. Okay, so what do I love? Well, on a surface level, I love like organized suitcases and organized pantries. And I love things that flow smoothly. Obviously, I love planning, organizing. And I love doing this. I love podcasting. I love my husband and I love my kiddos. Okay, so then what makes me sad? I'll tell you very quickly. I hate, I mean, I'm an animal lover, but when there are dead animals on the side of the road, I am physically like overturned with sadness. Like those animals, I think, you know, they just got killed so quickly in the middle of the night and they just had to lay to die by themselves. That is so sad, which that's, I don't want to say that surface level, that is actually really sad. But then I thought, okay, what's deep? What what actually makes me sad? And I think when I really think about it, what makes me the most sad is when a relationship is one-sided, that I feel like I'm mourning that relationship because I have put so much into that relationship and the person isn't giving it back or I want that relationship so bad and that person isn't giving it back in the same level. Honestly, in the same way reversed, when I feel like I don't have enough time for a relationship and someone I can tell really wants it. I, I'm so sad. I just wish it was different. I wish I was different. I wish they were different. Not speaking of anything specifically, but yes, that's just what makes me sad, what I love, what I hate. But then I thought, okay, love and hate, you know, how like they're like side by side, like if it was like a scale, like they're both equally passionate, but like I then thought about love-hate, like a love-hate relationship. But that feels like really toxic, like it feels intense, it feels chaotic. And like, I made me think, okay, what do I have a love-hate relationship with? And obviously very funny, but I have a love-hate relationship with white cheddar popcorn. I love it. I black out when I eat it, but I'm just so mad when I do it because I finish a whole bag, like a big party size bag and like my belly hurts. I don't feel great. But I mean, like, I also think about this is like a little personal, but I had a love-hate relationship with a boyfriend long, 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 long ago, obviously well before Christopher. And I feel like I had this passionate love for him as much as I could at like 16 years of age. But then I had this passionate hatred for him because it was just toxic. And it, and honestly, until I was able to be away from that relationship and heal from it, I realized that I didn't hate him. I didn't love him, that I actually became indifferent. And weirdly, that felt like that was the right place to be because it wasn't this passionate level of intense emotions on either side, love or hate. And I feel like I actually became self-aware and really blame my lack of awareness for myself as a driving factor in why I was attracted to that type of toxic person. Does that make sense? But then it made me think, okay, so like, actually there are people and I'm not even thinking of people right now. I'm doing my best to try to be like unbiased, but I know you listening can think of people who aren't comfortable with harmony. They look for the bad, like, you know, they say wake up on the bad side of the bed, the wrong side of the bed. But like they really wake up already having a bad day. They look for the issues. They're annoyed going to work. They're annoyed. They have road rage, all the things. But there's another side to that. There aren't people that look for bad, but still there are 
issues that arise with people that are good people too. And I thought about that there was a situation with someone that was super close to me and we were going through a disagreement and I really loved how she handled it because she very sweetly and maturely said, I'm so glad we're doing this. I love that we're working through this because it shows how deep our relationship is and how we trust each other and how we value each other and we want to work through this. And honestly, we came out on the other side so much closer. So like there's no clear like tie with a bow that I can put to the end of this episode. But I wanted to just say that like actually I did go back to the tennis class. I did see the lady again and I will have to say I don't know if this is the most mature thing. I didn't talk to her. I'm very nice to her in the sense that I say hi, but I don't cheer her on anymore. I cheer on the other people in the class and it's something that I do without even thinking. It's not like I'm doing it to make sure she knows I'm cheering on other people. I don't even hear myself doing it. I just cheer people on and honestly, other people in the class cheer me on, cheer other people on. And I wonder, I don't think it will ever happen because obviously I don't know her. I don't even really know her name, but if I ever got the opportunity, I'd think it might be good for me to say, how are you? Like, what are you going through? What's your story? Because most likely she walked into that class with something, as did I, and it wasn't even personal. It probably wasn't. I mean, maybe she didn't like me, but really at the end of the day, she's just a person and maybe I just hit at the wrong time and it wasn't really my fault. And really in life, I've come to realize that when I've had troubles with certain people, how much your personal issues are a driving force in how you handle situations. So the best thing I can do is be self-aware for what I'm bringing to the table and be able to quickly forgive people, not build resentment, and allow them to work through the same level of self-awareness. But also, I have to say that since I'm talking about things I love and things I hate, I have to do a quick callback to one of my favorite episodes where I talk about, so I think the title is like, the one time I started a YouTube channel and was talking about my YouTube channel and my blog from college. And I looked it up. It was episode 30. So you can go back and listen to it. It was one of my favorite episodes, honestly, because I, as a listener listening back to it, laughed out loud, really able to separate myself from I was the one that was saying it. It's just so cringy, so funny to listen to. But in that episode, I talk on and on and on about my favorite color. So I'm interested if you will catch what my favorite color was, at least back then. I have to say it's not the same now. So I'd love for you to listen to that. Let me know what your favorite color is. I'm going to put all the polls on Instagram, so feel free to fill that out. But that's as basically as good as I can tie this up with a bow for today's episode. <laughs> okay. I think it's really funny when I do a whole episode by myself because it's me introducing me and then talking about something that includes me and then finishing up with, you guessed it, me. So it's just kind of an interesting thing just from like a organization standpoint of just having to work through the introduction, kind of working through the main meat of the topic, and then here I am at the outro. So as I think about like in summary, what I'd want to say about today's episode is I don't know if this is something that you've thought about, heard about, talked about with your spouse or friends, but I just feel like troubles and sin in life can be in one of three categories. There is sin and troubles that are your fault. They're just your fault, you messed up. There is sin and troubles that is a result of someone else's fault. And because of living in a broken world, like you have to deal with other people's ish. And then there's sometimes when it's this third category that it's kind of no one's fault. It's just a byproduct of the world we live in and the things that we go through. Like obviously I can talk about as big as like natural disasters and as heavy as miscarriages. But do you believe that there is a type of trouble 
that arises from misunderstanding, that truly someone didn't have bad intentions and the other person, for whatever reason, still gets their feelings hurt. Can we leave space for that can still happen? And I think that when you're vulnerable, obviously this opens up the opportunity for people to hurt you, just plain and simple. And I don't know if this is taboo to say, it doesn't feel too taboo, but really intimacy in itself is being close to people. And being close to people is super rewarding, but also really risky. And I'm dealing with this right now. I'm dealing with loneliness and lack of that. I just, to be truthful, I don't think I do a good job of letting relationships live out their course. That really some people you're closer to and some others you aren't. But genuinely being able to enjoy different people at different levels of intimacy is really a good muscle to stretch. Like people in Seattle aren't going to ever be able to compete with Kaylin, my best friend of 20 plus years. And people in Seattle are never going to replace what it feels like to sit with my mom on the couch with a glass of wine. But what does it look like to truly let that go and find contentment with someone that mimics the comfort blanket of the people that I'm closest with? What would that mean? What would it, what does it look like to celebrate with people from afar and just be genuinely happy that my groups of friends are moving on with their lives and getting together and they are happy and thriving even though I'm not there and really just count it as a privilege that I get to live in different places and connect with so many different types of people. I thought through this and I want to say this as succinctly as I can, but what if it wasn't a zero-sum game? What if it wasn't a zero-sum game? Meaning that Additional friends only increase the pie instead of cannibalizing my heart from all my people. I don't know if that's resonating with you, but I just feel like, duh, Anna, like just because I'm adding friends doesn't mean my other friends are not my friends and doesn't mean that they don't love me and care for me from afar. But there is a proximity issue and I need to just kind of get over that. But it's kind of a heavy way to finish up a pretty funny story about a mean tennis lady, but hopefully you found some joy in today's episode and maybe some things to think about. I really do appreciate y'all letting me use this as an outlet to basically have a therapy session. Y'all are the best therapists I've ever talked to. And I hope that you go into your week and you just enjoy this week. You enjoy your family, enjoy your kiddos, and enjoy all the precious little moments that you have. I myself am enjoying my week because I'm turning 31. So on Friday, I get to celebrate my 31st birthday and I do have some really fun surprises. So I'm excited about that. And I'll talk about that on a future episode. But thank you so much for listening. Hope y'all have a great week. I will be enjoying the sun. Love y'all.